This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Equalizer podcast, and we're not going to put a number on it. It is the first of what will probably be a few podcasts during what can only be described as an unfortunate break in the action for women's soccer and from all sports and really most of society due to the COVID-19 outbreak. I'm Dan Lawletta. Jeff Kasouf is here with me. And um, just want to get a couple things out of the way at the top of the show. If you're not familiar with our content on the web, check us out at Equalizer Soccer. Dot com for premium content, EqualizerSoccer.com slash subscribe. And the Equalizer podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sports Reference. Check out their ever-growing catalog of women's soccer statistics at FBREF.com. That's FBREF.com. A couple things right at the top. If you've been following the W League, Melbourne City won for the fourth time in their five-year existence. 1-0 win over Sydney FC. That was a final that was also a battle to see who would be the first team to win four titles in the W League. Steph Catley had the goal on what, by all accounts, was a pretty big blunder by Aubrey Bledsoe. NWSLY season will not start April 18th. Training moratorium at least until April 5th. We all believe it'll be longer than that. And with a lot of public pressure mounting on Japan and the IOC to push back the Olympics, Canada and Australia, who are both very prominent in terms of women's soccer, even if not in terms of the Summer Olympics altogether, they have both decided that they will not send delegations to the Olympics if they happen on time. All right, again, I'm Dan. I've got Jeff here. And Jeff, uh, how are you during this very strange time? Yeah, very strange. Uh, I think everybody listening is is in the same boat, obviously. So um, as you know, I, I think, well, both of us, we, we kind of work from home so that's uh you know normal you know, under normal circumstances so i guess that's you know maintained uh some level of normalcy on on this end but obviously um that kind of goes away as soon as you step out of the house i'd say which is what the, at this point is just for a walk or or the grocery store so uh yeah i think just you know i would say um you know we'd like to the point of doing this and, and other things that we're doing on the website and, and whether it's audio, video, written is, um, you know, the acknowledgement with with everything we do is the time that we're in. And we're not sure when this kind of state of, of, be, of I don't know, existence <laughs> will uh, will change, hopefully soon and for the better. But um, trying to continue to give you all who are listening and reading uh, some some new some fresh content that kind of maybe helps distract or you know whatever whatever it might do for you but but try to kind of forge forward how, how yeah. are you doing i'm doing okay i work at home as you mentioned uh, i'm used to working at home more often than not with nobody else in the house so it's a little bit right. of an adjustment to 
adapt to working at home with other people here. Not saying I don't love my family, but maybe you <laughs> don't need to spend all 24 hours of every day with them. But uh, yeah, hanging in there, you know, um, you know, my full-time job is, is alive and well, and I've got plenty of groceries and, and access to stores and we're all healthy. So, uh, you know, things are going well. I, you know, I will say that my pretty much my entire life since I've been about five or six years old has in one form or another been taken up by sports. And it's not like when baseball went on strike or the NHL canceled their season where it changed things, but there were still sports. Like sports are gone, and and I, I maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm not one that's going to sit down and just start watching old games to fill the void. You know, maybe once in a while, but you know, I'm more of a live game, let's move forward kind of guy. So you know, that hasn't taken up a lot of my time. I watched, I think I watched the second half of the uh, U.S. Uh, Netherlands World Cup final, which I had never seen from that perspective, having been right. at the game. Uh, pretty good game, you know, not bad. <laughs> U.S. won, by the way, in case anyone didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. well, um, yeah, so I I, um, I mentioned to you when we were chatting, you know, I decided to, to tune into that Friday night when Fox was re-airing it and um, did some live tweeting of it. And, uh, you know, again, with all of these things, I think part of the maddening thing is probably that they are, you know, going into them, they're temporary kind of distractions. But it was it was nice to... Um, kind of relive it a little bit, um, if only for the fact that, you know, to your point, it kind of you could pretend that it was a live event. And um, I will say from our perspective of kind of uh, going behind the the um, behind the job, so to speak, for, for people who aren't as familiar with kind of the the nitty gritty of what we do. I mean, it's, it's so much easier to cover a game when you know what the result is already. So, right, yes, of course. Um, so had some. You know, if if you were impressed by how quickly we could uh, tweet a photo of the exact moment after it happened, <laughs> um, I wish I could do that every Saturday in real time. But um, obviously, wish we had the the games every Saturday. But it was nice. It was nice to um, distract for a bit. I, I agree with you. Um, probably can't watch old games forever. But I will say the, um, you know, a, as we kind of brace for having, a, you know, a longer delay than we're being initially told here, which for some leagues already, NBA, MLB is, is already mid-May, so we're already talking two months. But, um, you know, some of these old games, unlike you, like I think you remember a lot more than I do in terms of like stats or like when we're together Probably. at a game. Yeah, you're, you're kind of coming up with these. Is that when she did this? And <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't know. But um, so for me, I think there's a bit more of, especially going back to 2013, 2014 NWSL seasons, um, if we can sort of bear the production coverage level. Um, yeah, I was you know, on but, some of those broadcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, more more the camera work. But, uh, um, you know, I think there's probably things that I've fully forgotten, at least for like micro moments of what happened in a game or a specific game from the season. So um, maybe that'll help jog the memory a little bit. Yeah, anything change when you watched the – did you watch both of them or just in 2019? Uh, I watched a little bit of 2015 that they aired on on um, Thursday. I had already made plans to kind of try to disconnect for the night, and I think they only announced it like an hour or two beforehand. Um, yeah, I, I kind of saw it, and I didn't actually check when it was on, and I was surprised the next day that one of them had already happened. Yeah, so it was a pretty abrupt announcement, so I just decided to throw it on for – um, 
like the first 10 minutes knowing that there'd be plenty of action. Um, did anything change in, in 19? Did you, you sit there thinking, Hey, I didn't realize dot, 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 or this person. No, you know, the only, the only regrettable thing about live tweeting it was, it was again, like putting myself in a, uh, more frantic live environment where you don't actually fully sit down and appreciate it. So, um, I may try to watch it a third time and actually not do anything live with it and just sit back and watch it. Cause that's, I think that's when you can kind of, especially if you have some DVR controls, you can pause it and kind of think about things and look at them again. And, um, so I would say not a ton. I, I did, um, when I rewatched it, I pulled up my notes from Leon in the stadium to see if they helped or compared. And, um, maybe it looked, slightly different in terms of like you feel kind of momentum shift in a stadium where there's uh, what is it 60,000 people kind of reacting to things and yep. maybe you get caught up in it but um other than that maybe there was you know maybe some some of those types of moments where as you're going along live and you're like well you know could that you kind of make a note to self like could that switch could that sway some momentum and you know 10 minutes later you realize it didn't but you left the note there uh maybe that was a little different and then um, I had a couple notes of like, you know, certainly you have a wider view in the stadium of like a celebration. So I think it was, um, my notes for Lavelle's goal. The second one for the U S in the final was, um, I had like a couple different notes about the goal. And then I, you know, I try to look away from where cameras might be. And I, I had like a Don Scott tackles Jill Ellis note, um, uh, <laughs> You know, but but otherwise, I don't think that, and I don't think that made the broadcast something like that. But well, they uh, cut it right after the game ended, and I thought they would come back because there were like six or seven minutes, but it was right. pretty much just all commercials after that. One thing that Ali Wagner said on the broadcast, which I don't think occurred to me necessarily, maybe you did, and I forgot, but the two goal scorers were Rapino and Lavelle, who both had the hamstring injuries. Remember, Rapino missed the right. semi, and Lavelle came out of the semi early. Remember, we were kind of saw her mouth it's my hamstring and that's been her right. thing that's been holding her up for quite a long time and then she did the old i'll be good you know in the <laughs> mix zone afterwards and obviously she wasn't i'm you know i'm surprised i continue to be surprised by how much attention the lavelle goal got around the country i mean it was a good goal i've seen better goals and i was looking to watch that goal again and be like wow that really was a spectacular goal and again it's a really good goal and it's in the World Cup final, they gave them a cushion, and I did think the Netherlands was in that game up until that second goal. Uh, but that, for whatever reason, that goal really made Rose Lavelle's name, I think, in the community that's maybe just outside the folks that watch women's soccer all the time. I know I had a lot of people that don't really watch soccer contacting me after that goal about how spectacular it was. Yeah, I think there was this feeling that, um, you know, again, like like you and I and people who watch, people who cover, uh, made that debut in 2017. I mean, that was, you know, we're talking about three years almost. Well, three years now at this point that we're recording because that was She Believes. She so, Believes at Red Bull, um, right? Yeah, and that was, you know, she was very good in that game. And, and maybe if I watched that retrospectively, I'd be more nitpicky. But, you know, certainly in the moment, you know, new well, for a debut player. Game. What's that? For a debut game, certainly she was very right, good. Right, exactly. And and you, there's there's a um, there's certainly in sports everywhere there's kind of an obsession with uh, with something new or somebody new. So um, I think you know going into the World Cup there was this uh, growing attention on the team, and then obviously as you kind of dive deeper into it, 
um, some more mainstream, you know, media outlets and whatnot. And, and that obviously leads to sort of more casual fans looking that, you know, there's a there's a hunger and a thirst for who are these people? And then you kind of latch on to certain personalities. And I think, you know, Lavelle has a, you know, a very, a personality that people relate with in terms of, um, you know, certainly how she is on social with, uh, the, the dogs. And, you know, I think, I think she was asked about dogs about 10 times per media availability in France. But, um, so I think that there was kind of a, you know, a, a hunger for that. And, you know, she kind of came through at that. So certainly, um, that kind of further sparked. Uh, and even her family is pretty good on social media. You know, I don't, I, yeah. I don't follow a ton of players. I certainly don't follow family, but you see them come across your mentions in your timeline every now and again. So yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I think if if she can, if she can be healthy, I, you know, I mean, we talked about this at some point after she believes. I don't remember if it was you and me and we were getting removed from Red Bull Arena, or if yeah. it was the week after, but. That midfield question with the U.S., I used to think it was Ertz and then we'll see. Now I think it's Ertz, Lavelle, and then we'll see. But, yeah, I agree. Her yeah. personality has her set up, I think, to be someone that people are going to know about in the next five, ten years. Yeah, and anecdotally, we uh, our, our colleague John Halloran and our colleagues uh, John Halloran and, and Kieran Tavum and I were uh, sitting at the bar the night before the final in Lyon. Um and we ran into Rose Lavelle's dad, who was a very nice guy, and we were chit-chatting with him a little bit, um, you know. So I think that was that was right. Obviously, that was before that goal, and I think that sort of uh, attention was was already sort of uh, building on on her from a mainstream perspective. Um, so I think that yeah, was cool. the night. I, I think that was the night I came out to try to meet you guys, and you told me you were in the such and such hotel. I went to that hotel, and then I was told, well, there are four of those hotels. <laughs> yeah, the Ibis. Yeah, the Ibis. Yeah, that's uh, it. Red, and blue, and green Ibis, yep. and then there's you know five of each. So exactly. Uh, so I was in the wrong one. It was late. I said, all right, I'm going back. Yeah. So that was cool. We were Jordan, Angeli, and I had recorded uh, a, a show, one of the live video shows with uh, with Dave Copeland Smith, Beast Mode Soccer, and uh, I, we had just met at her hotel, which ended up being the the U.S. Soccer Family Hotel. So. Um, Ran into a few folks there, so Very it was nice. cool. Good, good thing you didn't say anything too incendiary there. But <laughs> <laughs> All nice things, yeah. Before that happens. Um, so what else is going on? The, you know, the league is not. I mean, they've got the training moratorium till April fifth. I don't know why they don't just say it's indefinite, because I don't think anybody thinks they'll be training on April sixth. You never know, but I, I don't think they will be. And uh, I think you know, I, I I always say that the NWSL needs to be more of a leader than a follower. You know, you can't just be like, well, this is what MLS does. This is what the WNBA does. But I think in this case, they're in a tough spot because they probably just do need to follow what MLS and the USL are doing and be second in line and just right. make the best of whatever comes out of this. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's why I, we've been talking a lot online, you know, off of, off of a, off air here. And, um, you know, we look at, I think NBA, the NBA has been a leader in this space in, in a lot of ways, not just in this exact moment with this coronavirus, but in many ways and in many scenarios. And, you know, they've already sort of been alluding to potentially a June restart. We know Major League Baseball, which which you obviously work in um, or in and around, is uh, already looking at mid-May as the earliest. So I can't see how 
soccer is necessarily back sooner. I do think there's maybe a little bit of a different level of interaction with an indoor sport and, you know, where the entire sport, when you're talking about basketball, is handling the same ball. And I said to somebody uh, in our group chat that I keep I can't stop thinking about Space Jam, but in like a more realistic <laughs> way. Um, so maybe there's a little bit different level there. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to have to be in some ways following on this. And, and just let's talk practically. And I don't think it's worth getting into like a ton of nitty gritty here because there's so much that we don't know. And it's not worth sort of inciting a soccer version of panic when I think everybody's kind of panicked on a life level at the moment. But um, think about this delay, which is going to be, I mean, April 18th is already off the table, which is nearly a month. And then, you know, maybe we're talking about mid-May. Maybe that's optimistic. Um, You know, and now you're talking about, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. I was walking around outside, mind-wandering. This is applicable to all sports, but certainly ones that you're sharing venues and maybe where um, maybe you're sharing, maybe you're in a busy city where um, there's a lot of, like, you know, the, the stadium staff is not necessarily, um, you know, the stadium staff per se. These are hired contractors for things like security and that. So you're in a busy city where, Suddenly you've got the NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, NWSL, who knows what, that are trying to cram in games. So you're already, you know, you're going to ask the players to play every two days and never train kind of thing. Um, right. You also then, might have just getting into stadiums, you know, if the MLS is going to reschedule games, the Timbers are going to need right. Providence Park, Thorns are going to need Providence Park. And, you know, all of a sudden all these married teams where they share venues, you, that's generally a good thing, but that could cause some real congestion. Right. That was my, schedule. yeah, that was my very long winded sort of where I was going with it was, yeah. you know, I, I think you can apply it even to a city level with things like, you know, the police force and things that need to staff or oh, sure. be around these games, but even at a very practical level, sharing stadiums when everybody might be trying to play Wednesday, Saturday for the entirety of a season, you know, I don't know. Do you talk, you talking double headers there? Um, are you talking about NWSL getting relegated to a Tuesday night? And and again, we don't even know if fans will be allowed once this, if this thing gets restarted. So I think practically there's a lot of, of things. And to your point on following, I think, you know, unfortunately in most places, um, I'm going to say North Carolina's maybe an exception. And other than that, well, Chicago's maybe has the benefit of the fire having just moved out for this right. season, but um, in most cases, the NWSL team's probably second, maybe third in line in in venue choice. So now at the same um, time, though, I, I feel like the NWSL, if there's one area that there may be, um, you know, have a little bit of an advantage is that I don't think they're married to the schedule that they have. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of historical, um, you know, reason to have to play 24 games. So I think if they come right. back in mid-May and June, they could go to a straight double round robin, make it 16 games. You know, if yep. baseball doesn't play 162, people lose their minds. <laughs> You've got basketball and hockey are in the middle of seasons trying to figure out, you know, can we come right back to playoffs? That probably isn't fair, both competitively and even spiritually, I guess, for lack of a better word, if you're going to say to some teams, well, your season's over, everybody else gets at least one playoff game. Um, so I do think in that sense, you know, NWSL isn't married to this, and that's when maybe they can start to 
think it had maybe be a little bit uh, unique is when they come back. The other thing, though, is I don't think there's anything in it for NWSL to play games with no fans in the stands. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they get enough out of just playing the games to do it without selling tickets the way the other sports do. I don't want any sport to do it, but I understand why the others are doing it or thinking Well, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's where, you know, for some of these leagues – you know, and, and maybe the NFL here is probably the one that jumps out and is the farthest away right now in terms of a restart for a, a season. But um, same with the Olympic conversation here, too. Like the, the TV money involved in a lot of these leagues or sports is so significant. The Premier League overseas, that's one where the, the TV money is huge. So um, I think, you know, for the NWSL, these pots of of money are not in TV still. They're in ticket sales they're in sponsorship um but you know so so yeah i think it'd be tough to play empty you know empty stadium games but then you get down to um let's not forget i know this feels like who knows how long ago but the three-year rights deals with cbs and twitch got announced two days before everything hit the fan here yeah um with with the sports world anyway so you know you do have implications now um, I, there's not NFL money in those contracts, I am sure, without ever having seen them. But, um, you know, there, there's TV that's somewhat of a factor now that to get on there. And, you know, you're probably not going to make a ton of money from it, but maybe you have an opportunity to get the product back out there. Um, and, and I think there's going to be a general sense. My, my sense from afar is, you know, there's a lot of caution and sensitivity from the league as there is every league and and entity and organization. But I think there's going to be a desire to figure out a way to play because um, this is a very ill-timed thing for everybody, obviously, but certainly, you know, on the the women's soccer front where you had some momentum that I think we've talked about on past pods we've written about wasn't necessarily taken advantage of at the World Cup last year. Maybe you still had a little bit left to pick up here in 2020, um, and now you're kind of watching that potentially fade. You don't know what's going to happen with the Olympics. Um, so I think there's a little bit of urgency there to keep that. I don't know that there's any momentum left, but keep the sport in some mainstream conscious. Well, I think it's like every other industry, right? The local Starbucks down the street is closed, but I'm not concerned that Starbucks will go out of business. But right. There are small businesses that have closed and you, you know, you hope they come back because there's no guarantee. I think it's the same thing when you compare the NFL right. being the big behemoth we always talk about and the NWSL, you know, the NFL might struggle with their, you know, they're not you know, having their draft behind closed doors. They might otherwise struggle. You know, the NBA and NHL might have to call off their seasons, but they'll be back. Right. You know, I don't want to sound the alarms for the NWSL, but you're right They're, You know, they need to keep moving forward and this is certainly not a a forward move and i I, there's no way the olympics are happening i mean canada and australia (laughs) are not going i know that's not a big deal like for the summer olympics at large it's more of a big deal because those are two good soccer women's soccer teams and we already don't have germany and france in the tournament but there's no way the olympics are had not on time anyway it's just it can't have there's too many people and why would you want to bring in someone at this point from literally almost every other country in the world You can't, no, you know, the yeah. ensuring safety, you can't do it right now. I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, the, 
I think the the reason that they're not already postponed is because the numbers in front of them, you know, there's a B instead of an M on the you know, six six billion dollars at yep. stake and whatnot. But um, you know, the I agree, and I would say, um, you know, the the thing with the NWSL and among many concerns, which I think people have asked us about non-rostered invitees and and people, you know, players essentially on tryouts. I don't think you have an answer. I don't have an answer. It's, I do not. Um, I, I hate to say it in a way. You know, it's one of so many things that need answers that I haven't necessarily um, pressed as hard on that as some other things. But but we'll look into it. Um, so talk you know, about play, bad break, Sorry to cut you off, but talk yeah. about bad breaks. This they finally put in the year-round housing, and they actually had more players in market earlier than they've ever had. Right. And now, I mean, I assume if they got set up for year-round housing, they at least have housing taken right. care of for this time but we don't know and we're not getting a lot of answers yeah a lot of questions on that player front that i think are immediate and pressing and and to the point of the league um in general you know depending on how this goes how long this um delayed season goes and and how impactful that is how how hard that hits you know my worry is more more about getting a few years down the line maybe not even a few but and and this being the sort of retrospective, you know, a team or an owner or somebody saying, look, we just never recovered and dug out of that 2020 hole. And that's that's going to be the case in every industry, as you said. So um, I don't know if we'll necessarily feel it in the next few months, per se, that I couldn't see anybody potentially pulling back. But you talk about current owners who are maybe already looking for additional investment or investors. Yep. And then you easy. talk about. Um, expansion where Louisville's already signed on the dotted line, you know, a month ago uh, in Baltimore. And afterward, we heard about how many interested groups there were. And I know we've heard that forever to the point where I might go bald, but like, (laughs) you know, there's, there was this supposed momentum for expansion finally. And, you know, maybe it's believable now that there's a commissioner who again signed on, I think three days before this all hit the fan. Um, Our first official day was the day before the NBA um, announced they were stopping, and that to days. me that that's like the tipping point of not only sports, but when I think more people in the country right. started to take it seriously. Right. So yeah, I mean, just in general, I think that that's my concern is that again to the momentum, whether it's adding teams that are suddenly saying, you know, we've just changed everything and we're not even thinking about entering women's soccer league, um, to you know to current teams who might say we're gonna we got to try to dig out of this for the next couple of years and see what happens. And um, we just don't know. And I don't think we're going to have answers for a long time. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly unfortunate. Again, on the bright side, though, there's not as much revenue being lost because there's not as much revenue coming in. Now, you don't want that to be for the long haul. But, you know, when you're talking about will the NBA get paid out for the playoffs for their TV contract, you know, that's hundreds of millions of dollars. There's nothing in that realm in the NWSL. So maybe that's a little bit of a saving grace is that, you know, there's not a lot of TV revenue coming in. There's not a lot of ad revenue coming in, not good things for the long haul, but in right now it might be better. Yeah. And and I would say, um, I I don't know if you want to keep chatting NWSL a little bit, but just on the more kind of general topic of, you know, I think again, anybody listening, the inherent acknowledgement is, you know, the, the bigger picture here is obviously, world safety and certainly in this scenario player safety and um, I think 
to the point of the NWSL following uh, to some degree what MLS USL does and, and they might even be following. It sounds like there's kind of a collaboration among all sports leagues, at least in the U.S. Um, it has to be safe to play. And even if that is behind closed doors or what it might be. And, you know, to the point of this weekend in Australia, I mean, certainly plenty of, of critics of playing that game. And I think that's a, a fair take. I mean, I tuned into that. Um, we talked about rewatching that U.S. game that was at eight o'clock Eastern on Friday night. And then it was two and a half hours after that ended was the start of that W League grand final. And, you know, it felt weird. Um, it was weird to watch it in an empty stadium and, and not so much that because we've seen that in, you know, European men's soccer where a, a team is their fans right. have done something stupid and they've gotten right. banned. And um, just the general idea that this was. I mean, the Australian Men's League, the A-League, is playing through closed doors too, but this was basically, um, other than there in Turkey, which I've read about and haven't watched, the only form of professional organized soccer going on in the entire world. And it was, you know, this 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 game, which I think they probably felt, I'm guessing here a little bit, some kind of obligation to just finish the season because they only had one game left and it was a championship, um, combined with kind of maybe how... I'm reading from afar, Australia's dealing with this at large, um, but it was a, a strange environment. I would say it got it got really weird after the game when um, the the typical sort of jolly, uh, jovial ceremony was, um, you know, that the players' names got read and they walked up to a table and picked up their own medal and put it on their own neck. But so it was like, okay, they're taking precaution there, but then it was... You know, then you've got um, it's all anecdotal. But the one that made me kind of cringe was like Steph Catley. Um, and I don't know who she was holding it with. I mean, basically, you know, you've got a trophy with two handles and it's typical for like one handle to be grabbed by a player, another to be grabbed right. by a player and you lift it. And so you go through that whole process and you get 20 something people grabbing this handle. And then the typical sort of maybe cliche thing of kissing the trophy. And they're like they're kissing this trophy and these handles that. 20 some people have just handled and you know you're already in a team environment but it, but it was just all like very weird quite a lot of contact in the course of a soccer game it might not be like the nba and you might not have your right. hands on the ball but i mean you're not going to go through a championship soccer game without a lot of body contact with teammates and, and opponents what was this what was the goal celebration like um i'm struggling to remember i think there was a fair bit of huddling i mean i Pull it up while we're chatting so I can uh, remember. Well, I'll, I'll diverge a little bit. One more thing um, before we wrap up is that not, you know, this is an NWSL thing, but an all sports thing is that I can't remember a time when so many athletes were separated from each other. So it's going to be a little bit of time. You know, if we, if we get to like, I know May 9th, 10th is like the, Cutoff point where MLS has canceled May 9th games or postponed, but not May 10th games. It's not like you can just come up on May 1st and say, all right, we're going to play on May 10th. Players are not only, I mean, hopefully everybody's staying in shape, but you, there's nobody is in sports shape right now. Nobody's in soccer shape, basketball shape, hockey right. shape, because you can't even work out with anybody for the most part. So you're really going to have to have a smart lead up to the season, trying to, you know, minimize injuries. You know, it looks like there won't be, a big Olympic absence, which you could capitalize on if things get started on time. 
But that's just one other factor to think about is when they start to train again, you know, you can get away without having formal preseason games, I think, but you've really got to get these players up to, up to, you know, game speed and soccer speed. Right. And I just looked it up. It was your typical normal congregation and huddle of hugs and celebration for the goal. Um, yeah, they could have both touched the trophy then, probably. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, it was something that you'd never think of. Well, actually, as a semi-germaphobe, I think about that particular type of moment a fair amount when uh, when we're at these championship games. But um, you know, the I think a, a big part of the decision, if and when there is this kind of uh, all clear is not the term, but you know, kind of green light to start slowly reintroducing regular work habits which for these players would be training and playing um i've already seen some writing and reports of more on the mls side which again is i think sort of leading the pack on this of how would you play maybe uh like a non-stop wednesday sunday schedule you know from whatever june to december at this point if you had to bump mls cup and maybe nwsl does the same like that's crazy to me because me too. You talk about player fatigue, um, and this is the argument going on in, in NCAA right now. And like I played NCAA soccer. We played a lot of weeks where we had a Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, and it was it's outrageous. I mean, that's the argument going on now there where if you're not if you're playing in all those games, if you're like a ninety minute starter, it's exhausting, wears you down, prone to injury. If you're not playing in those games, you don't train because every day becomes a recovery day and you don't actually train. So you're not fit and you don't get better. It's just a miserable way to go about it. And I think that'd be a really bad option. You're going to need midweek games. You're going to need to be flexible, but you can't just actually, that was where it was. It was the premier league, which has again, a lot of TV money on the line of a proposed scenario where how could they try to finish the season? And it's basically Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, you know, or like Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. You can't, you can't do that to players. But um, and and the games aren't as good when you start to do that either, right? Twenty was it twenty fourteen I think, or when they had the twenty four game schedule, but they didn't expand right the season. And and I think FC Kansas City at one point played nine in a row midweek weekend, and oh. they were horrible by the end of it. And they wound up winning the championship partly because they had all those games that was early in the season and then they had more of a break to everybody else but that was the everyone was complaining about the schedule and we're on five days rest and they're on four days rest whatever it was i mean i think most sports seasons are too long i don't think that's a problem in soccer but i think both of the soccer leagues are going to have to come to the realization that you know what we can't just there's no magic pill to make up for this time and play an entire season. I mean, you know, MLS can go through international breaks and they don't have the odd team scenario. So they probably have less midweek games to begin with, but I don't want to see, I don't want to see where there's so many games right on top of each other. And it's not fun as a fan. It's certainly not fun when you're covering the games, but I don't, you know, I think fans need a break too, to be honest. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a few international breaks that I think we could safely assume um, if things get started up any time that might be deemed soon that the NWSL could and would probably play through. But right. Well, certainly the Olympic weekend is in play. Right. right. And there's just, but there's only so many of those. So I think, you know, I'm, 
we should make clear to our, our listeners again that, that the NWSL is supposed to start April 18th. That will not happen, but they have not specified when they'll start. It's just they've acknowledged that it'll be delayed. But So I'm going to go ahead and assume that we're not seeing anything until mid-May is my, my current day assumption and whether that changes or not. So, you know, you push beyond that at all and even with your international breaks that you some you know that you begin to play through um you're you're running out of time for squeezing this all in and we should acknowledge too that the nwsl season was already pushed to its latest ever first time in november for a a playoffs and championship so um and I'll, i'll not go any further down the rabbit hole here after this but um mls has talked about the need I read a report, certainly this is not official from what I've seen, but that they would need to push MLS Cup, <clears throat> excuse me, MLS Cup back into December, which they had come away from because of a bunch of complications with international breaks and everything, um, and that they might, for the first time since, um, I think it was the game in Toronto, but the year is escaping me, 2011 maybe, that they'd go back to a predetermined oh, site. That, yeah, tw- that was 2010. That was the game that blew up the predetermined site because right, right, the Toronto exactly. FC fans kind of like rebelled and refused to sell their tickets because the right, team was right. so bad. Colorado and like, FC Dallas. The game was awful too. Yeah, I mean, not the best teams to get in it, not the best weather, you know, all of that. So I think they've talked about it and you have to acknowledge that. Same for NWSL. You If you need to push into December, I mean, the the, the November thing had already made me think, well, where are they going to play this final? Because if you think about who's due for a final, Portland's already had two of them, North Carolina, Houston, Orlando. So, right, okay, Utah. so maybe a Utah or Chicago would be due, or maybe an Audi field even. And then you say, okay, November, if we're talking December now, not all ideal. three of those, I mean, I'm not, I'm not risking a game there in December. And weren't so, you at the other MLS Cup in Toronto when half the media got snowed in for a couple of days? Yes, I got stuck there uh, a full extra day because I didn't get out before the blizzard. And, you know, despite those stands being full, it was like the the wind chill must have been negative 10. So it was not I, a pleasant experience. And I think Kansas City, I wasn't at either one, but I think Kansas City might have been worse yeah. a year or two before that. Yeah. So went extra time. You know, so if you're the NWSL, you're probably – I don't know if they were talking about changing the format at all to higher seat hosts. I don't have any reason to believe that, but now you're certainly looking at predetermined if you come back and push the season back, or even if you play in November again, and you're probably, you know, on one hand, I was thinking, well, do you say let's go back to Portland because we've had such trouble getting the season started. We know we can get a crowd there, but even Portland in December, I mean, you're probably talking about going back to Houston or Orlando, which is, historically struggled even for hosting championships so who knows well i think the bottom line about all this is we don't know anything that's going to happen uh you know this is yeah we had changing times not only by the day by the hour sometimes so uh but glad we could uh, hang out a little bit and talk a little women's soccer hopefully when we get back at you we'll have a little bit more information to share but unfortunately right now the uh, the world of sports and the world of NWSL and the U.S. national team taking a very uh, considerable backseat to uh, what's going on in the country and around the world. But, Jeff, glad you're well. And uh, you. let's, let's uh, wrap this up. Again, thanks to our sponsors at Sports Reference, 
Check them out at fbref.com for women's soccer stats. Check us out on the web at equalizersoccer.com for premium content, equalizersoccer.com. Slash subscribe for Jeff Kasuf. I'm Dan Lawletta. You've been listening to the Equalizer Podcast.